0: back to order
1: okay welcome to the queen anne's county commissioner's meeting this is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station qac tv7 these media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings in addition to our live audience this evening we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings citizens may watch our meeting live on our website at qac.org live or on our television channel, Breeze Line Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to qac.org slash public comment. Citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. Comments received will be summarized during the present public comment period on this evening's agenda. We acknowledge everyone's participation and by attending, you acknowledge that the session is both recorded and aired. Pressing public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in our lobby. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran. I pledge
2: allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and
0: justice for all. If you can remain standing for a moment of silence for the senseless killings in in Baltimore.
1: Thank you very much. All right, so that brings us to uh, the approval of today's agenda. Our agenda today for the meeting this day, July the 11th, along with the regular minutes and the closed session minutes from June 27th have been circulated for review. Do I have any additions or corrections?
2: A motion to amend the agenda to add two additional desk items. Second. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. A motion to approve the agenda as amended and the meeting minutes as submitted. Second. We have a motion to second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed?
1: So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. That brings us to uh, our first present public comment period. So thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners. Comments are limited to three minutes per person. Comments longer than three minutes may be submitted in writing. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone State your name, your address, and your topic of interest. And in keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner.
0: Uh, first one up June Clark.
3: Good evening, uh, County Commissioners and staff. I'm June Clark, and I reside at 425 Spiderweb Road in Centerville. Uh, several months ago, my daughter, who is in a wheelchair, we had a conversation. She said, Mom, Do you know there's not a handicap-accessible entrance in the planning and zoning building? I said, there has to be. There's a law that the state and county building must be. So I had the occasion to go out to the planning and zoning building. I checked the doors and I could not find a handicap-accessible opening or anything, an eye or anything out there. So I asked the planning and zoning office, I said, Is there a handicap accessible into this building? And she said no. And she gave me a phone number to call. So that day, I went to the H&R for the county, and they gave me the name of the person to contact at Public Works. I went out there, and the gentleman was not in, but the lady typed up an email for him with what my concern was. A week or so went by, and I didn't hear from him. So I called. He was not there. I left a message. And to this date, I have not heard anything about my concern. So I'm asking you, our county commissioners, why is the planning and zoning building not handicap accessible? I have checked up most of the buildings here in, in Centerville, and they are accessible. Out to the planning and zoning, they have a ramp to go for parking. It's fine. And an evening parking for a wheelchair. But when you get to the door, there is not a way to get in.
0: Who's individual you were trying to get a hold
2: of?
3: Paul Kuntz, I think is his last name Kurtz. Kurtz. Oh, Kurtz? Kurtz. Uh-huh. Kurtz.
2: Okay. Okay. So when you're saying you're, there's no push button? What you what? There's no push button.
3: There's no push button, no eye or anything. And I checked around to the other ones, and they all have steps. So I know you can't get a wheelchair in there.
2: No, there's only one entrance. Mm-hmm.
3: So i like an answer why it's not there.
2: Well, it will be.
1: Thank you. I can can maybe address that if you have a minute. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, there is a misconception that um, ADA, push button operated ADA doors are are a requirement for ADA access. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. There are certain uh, doors that have a certain force that, that allows you to open it easily for ADA accessibility and that that was utilized at that facility. Now we can certainly check and make sure it's operating within well, those I, guidelines. We'll certainly do that and I'll uh, we'll make sure we get Yeah, because I've been in there a too. number
3: of times and I've not noticed it.
1: Well no it's not a push button but there's yeah, certainly but, certain, but it ha- would
3: have an eye or something that would let you know that someone's there.
1: Well no no this this certain doors uh, have uh, a push force Uh, range they're not automatic automatic, but not automatic they're not automatic but i'll I'll certainly readdress that with with you i uh, appreciate that thank you very much okay you're welcome thank
4: Thank you mr clark
5: thank you
4: captain rob newberry Good evening, gentlemen. Um, the first my Captain Rob Newberry from Delmarva Fisheries, and uh, we represent the watermen in Queen Anne's County. And once again, I want to thank you for the great support that you have for those watermen in this county because it's one of the best counties we have. Um, I guess the first thing on my I want to address tonight was a problem down at Land's End Road, and I was informed that there is an ordinance out that's going to be addressing that situation, so I won't waste any time on this. Um, the second thing is it's come to light. Several watermen have called me from down in the Kent Narrows area and expressed major Concern about the amount of people fishing late at night on their boats, and they have videotapes of it from people down there, but have not had much luck with the person with Parks and Rec doing anything about it. And one uh, of was Troy Wilkins, and Troy went through the roof. He said, "I catch him on the boat. <coughs> it is going to be good." And what it is, there's not enough room at the Narrows so they're getting on the charter boats, they're getting on the party boats, and it's at night and they're not doing anything about it. So I just maybe, you know, we can have the sheriff do something about that because I don't want to see my guys having their boats torn up or see people floating upside down in the Narrows the next morning either. The main issue I have, and I'm going to have it probably go the three minutes, uh, we have a thing coming into Maryland called the CNRA, Chesapeake National Recreational Area, which is basically it's a, a front for a park, a national park in the bay. Um, with the traffic the way it is, specifically in Kent Island right now, we can't take two more million people. And they're going to be putting this area is going to be at the Holly Beach and at the Whitehall area in Anne Arundel County, right at the choking point at Sandy Point State Park. And this is absolutely ridiculous being that right now in the Bay we have restrictions on crabbing, we have restrictions on clamming, we have oyster issues, we have SAB issues and pollution issues that this county is well aware of. We don't need to bring two million more people into this county saying that they need more access to the bay. There's nothing you can't do right now in the Chesapeake Bay. I can hunt, fish, crab, clam, oyster, anything I want. There's thousands of places I can put over. We don't need a national park or a recreational area. Not now not at this time in the Chesapeake Bay and I hope that this commission would greatly look at and I'll explain at the next public meeting or the public comment um what is going on in like Pennsylvania they had a national recreational area they promised they weren't going to do anything they weren't going to interfere with hunting fishing now they want to turn it into a national park and get rid of all the hunting and fishing and it's causing a major problem in Pennsylvania. I don't think we need this in Maryland. Um, Kent County is not in support of this, along with many other counties on the shore. Um, There are several large groups, and I'm in head of one large group that is opposing this. And uh, it's, you know, they say that the watermen approve it. I hate to say it, our congressional people in Washington are lying, there isn't a single waterman, and organization in the state that approves it. Phil's been at the meetings when we had it, and unanimously, Queen Anne's, don't want it. So in the process, you know, um, consider this, and I know uh, someone else couldn't be talking more about it. i got three seconds. Thank you, and I'll talk to you later.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Dave Real, yes, sir.
2: Real quick on that, Jim, before we move to Dave. Todd, didn't we do cameras down there uh, a couple years back when they were having issues? Didn't we have cameras? So there are,
6: yeah, there are, and we even put signs up, too, that to say no trespassing. The problem is there's not, there's, there's not an entity there to enforce it. Okay. So I just want to make sure we have Troy it
4: camera. said he called the guy up and wanted the pictures sent to the uh, to the sheriff. <clears throat> guy just,
2: like, I will
7: get, we'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yes, sir. Dave Real, I'm with Captain Rob at Delmarva Fisheries. Mm-hmm. I want to share with you very quickly a, a personal experience I've had with traffic. Uh, I used to drive every day to and from Annapolis from home, and I would always call my wife at the end of the day as I was leaving the office and say, I'll see you soon. She said, no, you won't. She said, if it's a Thursday a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday, or a Monday. She said, I may see you in an hour, I may see you in 10 hours. I never know when you leave when you're gonna get here. And she's absolutely right. It used to be traffic was bad on the weekends. The weekends have now expanded dramatically. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, it's like a parking lot coming across the bridge on the 50. And as Captain said, you add 2 million more people to that mix it'll make an intolerable situation an impossible situation. And people just have to realize it's like trying to put two gallons of water into a one gallon bucket. The capacity is just not there. There's not going to be a new bridge probably in my lifetime. And even that'll get filled to capacity probably, you know, the minute it opens. So I'm here to tell you from personal experience, traffic is going to get infinitely worse with a national park in the Chesapeake Bay. It, it's not needed. It's not, there's a lot of other opportunities for people to have access to to the water. We don't need more access. We don't need more people. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. That's all that signed up. Would anybody else like to speak? Seeing none, we'll close press and public comment.
8: Might
9: lose sound for just one second.
8: Thank you, commissioners.
6: Yeah, yeah. we we'll uh... Anybody call in? No, no, no. Okay.
1: Do a quick uh, equipment adjustment here.
10: To be I don't have anything to say. <laughs>
11: yeah.
10: County executive is going to say it for me. Isn't <laughs> Chris, did you break yours?
11: It's Patrick's. Mine's fine. We saw you earlier
5: and you were pouring water in. Yeah. <laughs> Knocked it off the table. Sorry about that,
1: commissioners. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. All right, commissioners. Now we can move on to our presentations portion of our agenda. And first up, we have Michael Sanderson, the executive director of Mako, along with Calvin Ball, the executive of Howard County. Gentlemen, please come on up. And we have the Mako annual update. Gentlemen, welcome. Welcome. <laughs>
8: Good evening and thank you for having us. Um, again, I'm Calvin Ball, current uh, county executive of Howard County. I've been county executive for about five years. Before then, I was a council member in Howard County for nearly 13 years. I just want to, before we transition into the Mako, I, I just want to thank each and every one of you and let you know, because I know oftentimes we feel like we're never a prophet in our own land, <laughs> Queen Anne's County is very well respected around the state. And wearing both my hat as president of Mako and chair of BMC, I want to publicly and personally, especially thank uh, Commissioner Wilson, who is my second vice president in uh, Mako, and Commissioner Moran, who's my vice chair in BMC. They are staunch advocates for Queen Anne's County. They fight hard for you. They fight smart for you, and it's in part because of their leadership and their dedication that we've been able to get uh, a lot accomplished throughout the rest of the state. So I just want to publicly thank uh, Queen Anne's County. I know sometimes we don't know. But you guys have a great impact. Uh, So I'm here wearing my President of MAKO hat. Uh, I want to thank you all for for the time. I'm not going to take a lot. I'm going to pass it over to uh, Michael Sanderson. But let me just say that Maryland Association of Counties has been working incredibly hard Our team's been working so hard. We have, as you know, a new governor, new comptroller, new attorney general. We have relatively new presiding officers in the Senate President and Speaker of the House only a a few years. And Michael and his team have done a great job uh, fighting. It's been uh, an interesting transition time. And I'm gonna turn over to Michael now to talk about some of the specific issues.
12: Thank you all very much for the time before you this evening. I'm Michael Sanderson. I'm the director of the Maryland Association of Counties. We're a nonprofit trade organization that represents county governments and all the services we provide to Marylanders across the state. Uh, part of what we do is advocate on behalf of counties and your services before the General Assembly. And spring and summertime, it feels like the best use of our time is to we'll look back a little bit on issues before the General Assembly, this year's budget, some other things that passed and are being implemented, and then this natural. Drifts into looking forward. So I always feel duty bound to bring a big packet. and then to to bless everyone by saying we're not going to go through this but instead it's there as a reference a lot of these materials drawn from the conduit street blog that we generate as a news aggregator and information source for for county leaders. So I think what I want to do I want to be respectful of your agenda this evening. So let me kind of dance quickly through a handful of policy issues and if there's something I don't get into enough or skip entirely ask me and we'll talk about that too. So let's do quick. Um, Usually I Open with like six or eight minutes about the budget. This year is not worth six or eight minutes. It was a weird <laughs> circumstance. Um, last year closed out with a surplus. This year's budget was relatively calm and uneventful. We don't come away with nicks and dents the way we sometimes do in the state budget process where they shift a cost onto the counties or cut away something where we get their state funding and the counties have to backfill. It wasn't that kind of year. I will say, though, that early March, the state revises its revenues to get sort of like the sharpest number to balance to. And when they wrote down state revenues in early March, it was like a record scratch moment in Annapolis. So maybe this is a like, dose of cold water on what had been feeling like strong economic times in the public sector. Um, we don't know the nature of the American economy right now. And I don't say this as a frustrated would-be economist, but just in general, it's really tough to take the usual measures like the unemployment rate and the stock market and so forth and come up with a good forecast of who's working, who's coming back, who's going to make money and capital gains and all those sort of things. It's tough to forecast that right now. And you know, every, every economist will give you a guess as to when the next recession is going to come. They'll predict it to the week, but anyway. So that's a weird circumstance we're in, but um, a lot of bills got turned into, uh, we're not going to commit 10 million a year to that. How about half a million as a pilot project and we'll come back in a couple of years? A lot of cold water. Um, Let me mention quickly a few bills that worked through this legislative session that had county effect that needed to pass and and all of them did in one form or another. I'll mention the Forest Conservation Act. Um, This is Maryland has a law when you cut down trees to do development and building. (laughs) You either replace or replenish that sort of stuff Um, counties for a number of years have been using as one of our tools to live up to our end of the deal is taking trees that are at risk and putting them you know putting easements on them or other protections and that's been part of our banking strategy so that collectively we're, we're trying to keep tree cover um, we needed that to be reaffirmed in state law we needed a bill to pass there were some other weaknesses in the forest conservation act this was lots of stakeholders working together from a bill that we started out really disliking to at the end we were comfortable supporting and I think the building community the environmental community all worked out some puts in takes that's harder than beating a bill is fixing a bill so happy with that outcome I think collectively we did a good job there a couple other things I'll mention that needed to be tidied up as well uh, back in 22 the, the legislature passed a, 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 a family and medical leave act for private employers to provide benefits for their employees and pretty wide swath of circumstances uh, as far as county governments as employers we think most counties already are we're already in the benefits business generally speaking that's how we recruit and retain off an a lot of public sector employees to pitch in and be part of the state insurance program probably makes less sense for most counties than to just run your own thing and fund the benefits directly more or less the way you always have been. The bill that passed in 22 had awkward timetables. We weren't going to know what the, what the curls to clear were to have the state let us opt out by the time we had to decide. So it was like, you know, decide on faith. The, the 2023 bill fixed that, gives us a good nine month window of time to know what are the standards? How do we opt out if we wanna go it alone and have like a self funded program or pool together, which I think is is potentially an attractive option. It'll be a much clearer way to do that. So uh, we had a big stake along with some other public sector players in getting a, a clearer takeoff ramp for them. Um, finally, uh, the voters in, in the 2022 election said yes to adult use cannabis implementing that was another must pass bill for the General Assembly session, there were some specific pieces that have local government impacts, things like your ability to zone the new businesses that are going to pop up and get licensed, um, what's going to happen with the tax revenue that comes from those new commercial transactions. Uh, Both of these ended up in, in awkward spots is probably the best way I can put it um, that it was one big bill that went to a committee that's really good on licensing issues not all that wise necessarily about tax issues or about zoning issues so we ended up getting uh, at best mediocre outcomes Our short version is local revenues are gonna be a really paltry share we were never debating over this is never gonna be this is the money that's gonna fund the blueprint it was never gonna be on that magnitude magnitude, but the idea of there being a reasonable share that comes to local governments seemed like it should have been on the table, has been in most states. The share to locals is pitifully small. Um, and uh, on, on zoning, uh, without getting super deep into this, your staff I'm sure will be feeling some pinch on this. Um, you know, July 1 was existing medical licenses who applied to dual, to you know, open up to, to commercial, so that's happened You know, over the last couple of weeks. The next 18 months or two years is gonna be new companies getting a license to sell in the retail level. Your ability to locate those facilities and zone them is gonna be tricky. The bill uses a phrase reasonable zoning and that is not a term of art that exists in Maryland law case law anywhere. So your 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 zoning staff understands what zoning means and what it can be and what it can't be because there's all sorts of cases. But reasonable zoning is a new term and we are going to end up in court over what that means for the next year or two. It's just it's an easy projection for that's how this is going to get played out. Let me jump through a couple things quickly Um, one is uh, this is July so it's probably not just several weeks ago you probably had a public hearing on the constant yield law you have to put an ad in the paper saying we're raising your taxes when what really is happening in most counties in most years is you're leaving the tax rate at the same place. But because assessments are drifting upward as a cost of living, you're going to bring in a dollar more in property tax revenue. And so the state law has always said, put an ad in the paper telling people you're raising their taxes. And they show up, and they're upset about that. And then they find out, oh, the rate's staying the same. It's just oh, not the same thing. right? right. That law has been changed, finally. I didn't think this was going to happen, but we got a bill passed to say that whole process should happen if you're contemplating raising the rate, but not just if there's an upward drift in the base. It's a much smarter way, a lot fewer <laughs> confused taxpayers. So I think this is good. It's, it's tough to advocate when it sounds like you're on the opposite side of transparency. Oh, you don't want a public hearing? That sounds like you're dodging something. But honestly, the way the law had been written, it's like 30 years old, the way that law has been written, it was more more confusion than transparency. So I think we got it into a better place. A Couple things we're still working on, looking forward on. Um, fire service every jurisdiction whether it's career whether it's volunteer or a combination everybody's having trouble getting keeping folks to participate um, to make it a career choice or to make it a thing they commit time to um passed a bill this last year sometimes what annapolis likes is get everybody together and try and put a bow on a set of recommendations and we can deal with those rather than them haggling it all out in a bill so a commission for this year hopefully a bill for next year to try and liven that up, whether it's some, you know, in in, um, double down on low SAP uh, benefits, uh, length of service awards, um, whether it's workers comp or education opportunities or tuition breaks or other things like that, like, let's find some ways to make this more attractive to a next generation because we're like, (laughs) volunteer service is limping along here and lots of places isn't exclusively a Maryland issue. And one other thing coming soon, uh, state law says that your sheriff's deputies who are forward facing will all need to have body cameras by the beginning of 2025. We did. Two, we tried two things. We got a one out of two this past year, and we're going to take another swing at it. Um, there will be some state contracts to ride onto so if you're going to be buying the cameras or or contracting with a vendor to hold on to that the, all the footage that comes from the from the um, from the cameras there'll be some state centralized contracts so we might get some economies of scale if the state has here's three different you know camera models that you can buy and one different one vendor or whatever there might be an opportunity to do this more cheaply um, The thing we haven't yet solved is all that footage coming from the cameras subject to the Public Information Act, which is written from the 1970s and 80s based on pieces of paper and black magic markers, and redacting and managing those documents. Um, in the form of video, you know, a deputy shows up on a call, and now you've got 80 minutes of footage with victims and children and insides of people's home. A lot more stuff on video than there is stuff that needs to be redacted out of out of a, out of a letter with a magic marker. So it's a much more engaged process we want to be able to to thread the needle there as well and try and get some smarter laws on what do you share what do you redact like what stuff should definitely not go to the public so hope to get that done in the 24 session in time for 25 when everybody's got to have have body cameras so lots of other stuff out there um we know school funding is the biggest number issue between state and county governments these days and everybody's looking out multi years out and trying to figure out what your budget looks like um that's still that's still an issue out there as well as transparency aspects of school funding so um all that stuff is on the table and more that I'm not th- I didn't mention police oversight which is another we're still in implementing and some fits and starts and doing all that but That's a quick skim through a universe of policy issues. County governments have as wide a portfolio as any stakeholder in Annapolis. Our staff go over hundreds and hundreds of bills on your behalf, we're at the table for a couple hundred of them, and we actually go to the mat on several dozen every year and try and deliver where we can and take our lumps sometimes, but we work hard for you. So that's a quick run through on policy issues. We have conference coming up in August and events throughout the year to educate and help you and your professional staff. With that, delighted to talk about more if there's more you'd like to hear from.
0: How are your numbers for the August
12: Outstanding. Very good. Um, we are just about sold out in the exhibit area. Um, I have counterparts from the Georgia Association who are flying themselves up to the Maryland conference because they want to learn how it's done right. And I'm super proud about that. So we're going to show off how we flex our muscles and do the biggest county event in the country, without a doubt.
8: And, and just uh, just to give you guys uh, some context, I'm on the uh, Shock Trauma Board in, in Baltimore. And we had our meeting today and we were talking about uh, the importance of shock trauma and the uh, unfortunate incident that uh, we had the moment of silence for earlier and the governor's participation. And some of the other board members said, well, you know, we got the MAKO Conference coming up. Maybe there's something more that we can do there. Every other group recognizes the value oh, of the yeah. summer MAKO Conference, yeah. That's
6: good, that's good. Yeah, I just, I mean, year after year after year, that's that's an easy membership uh, check to write because of the value that that um, the likes of the Mako board and and their commitment. We're back home running our counties and 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 keeping the peace here. Who's watching after us in Annapolis, other than our delegations? And that's Mako, without a doubt. So you guys do a, just a, a great yeah, job. Do. Yeah, they do. Uh, and um, and we're very proud to have Jack. Uh, as part of our commissioner and and future president of, that's of right Rico. tough shoes to fill <laughs> any uh,
0: hot topic <laughs> items that you see on the horizon there well, well we got one
10: <laughs> 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 only only no one?
2: no I, well i think we have one that was got contentious at the end and that's senate bill 692 with the solar and how it came out you know yeah. it's something mm-hmm. we're all at least here in most of the rural counties we just had the governor here on an ag tour and we talked to his staff about it and it's you know we feel like it's the camel nose under the tent to uh you know preempt zoning something we've been right. fighting against for three or four years now and it looks like it's coming
12: back around and yeah, i think and that issue is going to grow in significance for each of the next several years maryland signed on for an acceleration of the renewable portfolio standard if you want to sell electricity in maryland you got to have clean energy as a share of where it's your sources and that share grows year after year and it, you just can't pipe the electrons from Idaho and do all of your solar elsewhere and then ship it all here. You lose too much through transmission lines. It's got to be fairly nearby. So the pressure on finding local sources for clean energy is just going to continue to grow. And there are some, you know, you can try and create incentives to do it on rooftops and places that are already built up and so forth, but the attractive stuff is flat, unbuilt areas that are relatively cheap to buy the land. And that's places, you know, prime farmland ends up being just a delightful place to put a bunch of silicon and take out the soybeans.
8: And I I think we all recognize the importance of energy independence. mm -hmm. However, we fight for local control. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we maintain that local control while we work together on energy independence and so Jack has been a fierce voice on that issue and that topic. In fact, uh, we had a, a lot of conversation and debate a lot of it led by I'm sorry I shouldn't call you Jack. Count Commissioner you, Wilson. <laughs> I've been called way worse. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no it is it's it's and it's some but we all recognize in a big small counties it doesn't really matter because the uncertainty I think is what everybody big or small that's what we're all looking at is there is no real clear-cut path and it, it you know the the, the zoning preemption, especially here for us, is, is a concern, and it's a concern everywhere. Any county, right. when you lose that autonomy that you fought so hard for, and Mako's fought so hard to, you know, protect, and then it just gets stripped away, uh, even with a good fight, it's kind of that's disheartening. Especially yeah. when you're coming from, you know, you sit there and watch it happen. So that's, I agree. I agree with Michael. It's something that's going to yeah. fester here over the next couple of years. We just got to be, you know, diligent about staying on top of it. Yeah. yeah. Because yep. that's right. the truth. Mm.
10: Well, thank you very much. How are the other counties handling Kerwin? How are you? How's your...
8: <laughs> it's a challenge. That's uh, not a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, a, it's a challenge for every county and, and as, as Michael and I are going throughout uh, the rest of jurisdictions, the topic comes up in every jurisdiction. Okay. Now, the upside is in talking with the presiding officers and the governor, they recognize that we all have the same goals. Of our kids having a great education, our educators being taken care of, but we got to do it in a fiscally sustainable and realistic way that can be implemented throughout our counties. And the, a lot of the calculations, it's just
10: it, it needs some work. It's not always about money. It really should be about outcome.
8: Exactly, like you just said we should be much more outcomes focused. grow
10: money constantly. We need to have better outcomes with our children. That That's right, learning better. Yep. So is it kind of coming from the bottom up from the counties? It's coming from the bottom up.
8: In fact, uh, Michael and his team are gonna be working with uh, some members of uh, school superintendents and boards of education so that we can figure out, going to the state legislature and just saying there's an issue is less effective than saying here's some solutions. Yeah, you know, and I think as we're going through the rest of the jurisdictions, we're collecting feedback and thoughts on specifics of the concerns and then formulating some solutions. And we want to be able to go to our state delegations and bring them some solutions that we all hopefully agree upon. Well, obviously, one of you could take back and we've talked about before is the
2: restricted funds here. We've gotten it from our superintendent that the restricted funds are really mm-hmm. hampering because having some movement in those, you know, we're going to have surpluses in certain funds that we don't need surpluses and we need money elsewhere. That's a exactly big one. They, that's, that's a quick fix that I'm not saying it's gonna fix everything, but right. it certainly gives you some uh, portability with the money to be able to address other issues that each county has different, you know, that's needs. Right. So yep.
10: and it seems to be hitting the smaller counties like ours harder than probably well, I,
8: I think each of us have our challenges. I mean, I don't know if you saw even in Baltimore City. They uh, was it seventy million.
12: Seventy million out of reserves to make this year's budget work in Baltimore City is a headline grabbing number. And this is a ten year plan. We're basically in year three of ten. Right. So if you're if you've already turned up the couch cushions and found everything you can in year three, Here, you, you, you don't have a 10 year plan, right? And I, I don't mean that as a slight on Baltimore city, they, they just don't have the wherewithal. Their, their property tax rate is 240 something, right? Mm-hmm. And they're maxed on all the taxes. They've been willing to find revenue locally. It's just, this is a big, aggressive, ambitious commitment. So it's about outcomes, but some of it is about money.
8: However, to your point, A lot of our rural counties, our smaller counties are struggling Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, if you got two or three high schools in your entire county and sometimes the wealth calculation based upon, (laughs) you know, people coming to visit or assessments, it it is just not a one size fits all. And I think we've seen a lot of issues. I did hear the mayor of, of Baltimore say, this
10: is a challenge.
8: Yeah. It's a challenge for all of us, and I mean, you know, Commissioner Wilson and I joke around, you know, the last two years in Howard County, I've given the largest one-year increases to our Board of Education. And this year was a 7% increase from the previous year. We're struggling. And so, you know, it, it's hard for everybody. Mm-hmm. And if it's hard for everybody, you know, it's almost like, you know, I'm, I'm an educator by training, my doctorate's in education. If you give a test and everybody fails it, maybe it's you.
2: (laughs) Well, just to close for you guys, I know you guys are busy, but the last thing with that is I think one of the other things that we've discussed here, our superintendents discussed with Jim and Phil as their liaisons, is the cliff in 27 Mm -hmm. where – you know for queen anne's county it's significant i know and i'm sure you have a bump there too from the state where we're looking at like 3.2 3.3 million dollars yes well we're looking historically now where we came to today and the states cut us a million dollars out of 1.7 already so we're really worried about that 20 27 cliff that everybody's going to face when we're all supposed to ratchet those salaries up to the $62,000. And i think that's what we got to be preparing for yep and even in the Governor's budget this year, he highlighted that 2027 was going to be the year we go in the red. Now, I wonder why. You know, so I think that's something we've got to get a hold of here and now. I agree. So
10: so who's working on that? I'm trying to refine it?
8: Uh, well, so Michael okay. and his team. It's, it's all his job. All right. <laughs> if I it doesn't work, we're going to blame him. That's why we pay him we'll the well. big <laughs> right. bucks.
12: So, I, mean, I, I think that you need this at more than one loud call so stakeholders like counties and the school systems and superintendents like we can be part of it and we can bring to policymakers like our views on here's where you can nibble around the edges and that sort of stuff um, but you need buy-in at a higher level than just us so our organization like we're really good at sharpening our pencils and working on how you could rewrite this law and how you might change this facet and we'll do some give and take with the school systems they want some category change okay okay we can work with that and we come up with some seven things on our list and hand it in, but you need political wherewithal as well. There are a lot of stakeholders who are absolutely and properly like in love with the outcomes they want from this from this effort. So you know there's a lot of folks who don't want to hear tap the brakes on the whole thing extend it out another 15 years or anything like that they want to hear like how are we going to get to all the things that are promised in the big report and you know all the things that we we ran on in the last election and got reelected to do so it's like this is like this is high level stuff to, to to thread this needle i don't want to leave you with the impression that we're going to waltz in fix the whole thing and you know next spring or next summer or fall when i have privilege to, to be before you again that's like we're going to talk about this in the past tense i think that's unlikely as the expectation but i recognize we're hearing from you and your counterparts and all the counties that this is like this is a driving issue in your planning for this year and beyond mm-hmm. Very good.
6: Thank you. Well, so thank real you. quick on a lighter note. You mentioned the vendors. So there's a fair amount of vendors. Um, the Sir Pro of Howard County will be returning. Tamko to defend its title as the booth of, the booth of the year best decorated and and best theme balanced he's just 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 heard that in the breeze I'm sure
12: yes <laughs>
8: well uh, you know I got uh, two of my comms people here who are taking notes and they're working on it so
6: <laughs> yeah. it on.
12: well
8: on. thank you all so much commissioner you. appreciate you. your yes. service appreciate job,
12: thank you see you in August we'll see you soon
1: Okay, commissioners, our next presentation is from character counts. We have uh, Melinda Ray and this is the character counts update and character counts commissioners spotlight the new program. So come on up folks. Yeah. And there is a piece in your book uh, tab six item two on uh, page 17 if you want to refer to that. All right.
13: Hello everybody. Hello, hello. I feel like I was just here three months ago it also feels like a year um, I'm gonna give you a few updates on character counts um, our initiative um, and then you guys can do the spotlight which I am super excited about um, so I want to talk to you about last year and um, we finished with 67 coaches um, there was a coach assigned to 110 out of 154 of our k-5 classrooms that's about 71% coverage Um, The teachers surveyed at the end of the school year um, confirmed their support of character counts in the classrooms. 94% of them replied that the program had somewhat of a positive impact on their students. So that's always good. We liked hearing that. Um, We did finish the pilot program at Stevensville Middle School. Um, That was a success. We're looking to continue that this coming year and maybe expand into another middle school. Um, We took character counts to the seventh graders, Um, they rotated on a six week basis and all of the seventh graders got access to the character counselors at Stevensville Middle last year. Um, we also gave away 500 dollars Faye Lister Teen of Character scholarship to Catherine Alvarenga with a partnership with the Sutterville Rotary um, at Ken Island High School and that was exciting. Um, We have been all over the county um, this summer and will continue to be. Um, We were at Ken Island Day Parade. We were at the Centerville Juneteenth Festival. Coming up, we're going to be at the National Night Out Block Party in Chester, the Queen Anne's County Fair, Centerville's Farmers Market Family Days, and Anthony's Run, which will be a 5K from October 1st. Um, We have restarted our business of character program. Um, We kind of scrapped it and started from zero, um, and I've been working on that for the past month. As of today, we have 11 businesses in the county already signed up with 11 more verbal commitments. I'm just waiting for the enrollment forms. So that's going really, really well. I would encourage all businesses in Queen Anne's County to contact me and get signed up. We want big, small, digital, brick-and-mortar everybody. Um, and then looking forward, we need more coaches. So I would ask um, all of our county residents to reach out to me. Let me know if you have some time to coach. The commitment is really minimal, once or twice a month, 15 to 20 minutes um, a lesson. It's really easy to do. Um, I'm creating a database for all the lessons. So we'll give you all the resources, all the good stuff and the training.
6: And the best way to get a hold of you is?
13: Email mray at org. One more time. mray at org. Very good. Anything
14: to add? Wayne? Uh, the only thing I would like to add on so on behalf of the advisory council is uh, we're excited to have Mindy here and uh, the accomplishments uh, are speaking for themselves. I think she's just uh, just dynamite. She just uh, takes something and just is able to put it together and run with it. And it's exciting. Yeah, after for 24 years are pretty close there. And 23 it's 23 this year. 23, moving to 24 in the fall, um, to have this kind of uh, excitement again in the in our initiative, and uh, we're just so happy to have her with us. And the uh, commissioner spotlight, we're really excited about that yeah. because yeah. we're going to actually be looking around the county and finding people that are doing things right that are being good characters. And uh, we're just we're just excited about that. We want to make sure that everyone knows that we will accept nominations from people or businesses. Uh, nonprofit organizations anyone that uh, that we find are exhibiting good character traits so
13: and they can nominate at our website which is people or again they can email me directly as well
2: nice that's
14: gonna be great. an exciting
2: program something new
14: yes it's a little different approach to uh, like doing the proclamations this is actually looking and finding people that are actually living and doing the things that we talk about
6: so yep. it's
0: it's really Inspiring exciting from within pardon me inspiring from within. Yes, so, and I yeah.
14: think that's what we're looking for and to interaction. And there's recognize there's, a,
6: there's a I got to believe and I don't know I firmly believe that there is a lot of businesses in our community that do personify the images of character, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And and so to to be able to recognize them and they probably do it because they and they don't want to be recognized nope. but those are really the ones that say look i do this because i i believe in the program i believe in the ideas of good character for our kids in school and 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 our citizens live in the community and and the way businesses conduct business right and then how they give back to their community um, and to recognize them even though they don't want to be those are the ones that you really need to dive down and find out who they are So I you know anybody who's who's watching on QAC channel 7, please, please, please reach out to the folks at, at uh, Characters counts and let's get this in program because we know you're out there and we're gonna find you
13: They're definitely out there and I it's one of the things I used to tell my students when I taught was that You know good character is always what you're doing when people aren't watching Yep, so we're gonna catch you and yep. we're gonna we're gonna highlight you and, gonna and we're you. gonna have you guys recognize them in hey, our spotlight. Yeah. we're very excited.
6: Yep cool outstanding Standing. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Good job.
3: So, which commissioner is
1: going to read? It's in your. It's in your book. <laughs> uh, Chris. Actually, he's got his. Item two, on page seventeen. We have our first uh, character right. to recognize.
14: I want. I want to take a quick moment and uh, acknowledge. Uh, we were focused uh, in the Baco uh, newsletter, I believe, for, uh, for tab six. June. Tab six. Tab uh, six. Uh, Commissioner Corcorino yep. had a statement in there about the uh, health. Uh, the county was approaching character counts and the enthusiasm for it.
11: All right. So this is the uh, Queen's County Commissioner character count spotlight for July of 2023. <clears throat> Having just celebrated our country's birthday. It's fitting that the pillar of character of this month is citizenship. Most people equate citizenship of voting. The Founding Fathers designed a system of government where we, the people, have the power, and we exercise this power by voting for representative governments. However, voting is just a small part of how we demonstrate citizenship in our community. Citizenship is also about taking care of our community. And this month, we want to spotlight Kent Island Beach Cleanups. Their mission is to protect and preserve the beauty of the beaches, parks, and estuaries of Kent Island. They host cleanup events and educate community members on how to organize their own cleanups. They've been so dedicated that in May, co-founder and president Kristen Weed was honored by the Maryland State Society Daughters of the American Revolution with the NSDAR Community Service Award, recognizing Ken Island Beach Cleanups, uh, Ken Island Beach cleanups mission and their cleanup efforts on Kent Island. This great example of citizenship at work in Queen Annes County is always looking for more people to help. Another way to show your citizenship is to participate in Queen Anne's County Adopt-a-Road program. Individual volunteers, groups, or businesses can adopt a segment of roadway by removing litter at least two times a year over a two-year period. There is no cost to participate in the program, only your time and commitment to help keep Queen Anne's County beautiful. You can find more information about both opportunities to show your pride in our county and practice the pillar of citizenship by checking out the commissioner's spotlight section on the homepage of QAC Character Counts website, www.peopleofcharacter.org. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you thank you yeah. thank you yeah, we're going to have
14: many many more of these i think and everyone just look around catch people doing the right thing and we're going to put the names in and we'll fit them with the proper uh, uh character traits.
6: i can't think of a, a better organization to kick this thing off than Island beach cleanup it's just it's been, been an wonderful. amazing entity here yeah. in our community um and and just to see that the, you know, the declared days for cleanups and where they're going to clean up and the people that come out and, and volunteer their time, bring their families, you know, and make it a daily, you know, make it a, a family event for that day. It just, it really is encouraging that, that we've got some great folks that live in our community and want to, and again, as Chris had mentioned, you know, keep our, keep our, our county clean. Absolutely. And as someone who was on some of those first cleanups when there were five, of us doing terrible.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh my God! It's good to see 60 yep. to 100 out there yeah. now. And I know Kristen knows what I'm talking. Kristen and John know what I'm talking about. Yep. yep. So.
13: And they're watching tonight. They they were informed that they'd be recognized this evening. So
2: congratulations to you guys. Yeah. Thank you. And thank
14: you again for all you do to support Character Counts. It's uh, it's just wonderful to have this support. And thank you.
6: And, and, you're, and thank you. you're and you're and you're continued support year after year after year. We does not go unnoticed. That's our pleasure.
13: It definitely does not. It's been wonderful to have him for this three
6: months. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you
1: guys. All right, right, commissioners. Our next presenter is Mr. Dave uh, Pritchard area manager boys and girls club and we're going to get an overview of the boys and girls club program Uh, that is in uh, your book tab six item three starting on page 18, and it's also on the overhead screens here as well.
5: Yeah. Awesome. Gentlemen. Thank you, thank you uh, for having us. Uh, I'm Dave Pritchard, I'm the area manager here on the Eastern Shore for the Boys and Girls Clubs. Uh, we are based out of Harford County in Aberdeen. Uh, this is Derek Dewitt. He is our CEO. Uh, we have a couple others uh, with us as well: Jim Quimby in the back, our COO, and our Director of Community-Based Programs, uh, Evo Johnson, as well. Uh, so uh, we have some slides that we uh, presentation here that we have uh, for you all, and uh, just to kind of share a little bit of our background, uh, specifically to Hartford and Cecil County, where. Uh, we have uh, originated from. Uh, so, Derek, feel free to jump in anytime um, <laughs> you'd like to. Um, I'm trying to find the <laughs> screen around here. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so, our mission is to inspire all young people. Uh, you know, especially those uh, who need us uh, most to realize their full potential. Um, You know, that ultimately we're here to serve kids. Uh, Our target age group is uh, 6-18, typically that kindergarten to uh, 12th grade age group. Uh, And uh, that's who we've done. Uh, In Hartford and Cecil County particularly, we have uh, five standalone clubs. Uh, Three of them operate out of parks and rec buildings and two are standalone buildings uh, that we own. Uh, And we have kids that are transported Uh, daily, uh, right after school, to those clubs. uh, And they'll do uh, multiple programs that we have. Uh, We've got 160 years of experience of uh, just uh, programs such as Power Hour, which is essentially homework help, tutoring, um, and uh, all sorts of uh, Passport to Manhood. Uh, We've got uh, the counter to that, the the Smart Girls. Um money matters, uh, lots of different things that uh, kids have the opportunity to be a part of and and really just uh, jump in and, and feel feel part of. Uh, triple play is a big thing that we do as well, uh, which is part of one of our big initiatives called Club on the Go, uh, which is a new program that was introduced through the pandemic. Uh, that we came up with, we realized that we had some mini buses that we weren't utilizing anymore to transport kids. So we decided to uh, essentially just take all the seats out of the bus and decorate them and outfit them for club on the go. So we were taking these buses in the neighborhoods with food pantries with sporting equipment, arts and crafts, uh, STEM equipment, uh, and just bringing the club to them since they couldn't get to us because typically they would get to us from school every day. Right. But being remote and not having that opportunity, we had to figure out, okay, how can we still, you know, make an impact in kids' lives? How can we still get them a hot meal and, and go from there? Um, the, other, the other program model that was introduced uh, at that same time was a
15: school-based model. Uh, So, much like our counterpart in Delaware, the Delaware Boys and Girls Clubs runs a licensed school-based model, and it's primarily fed uh, by the state of Delaware's uh, child care scholarship program. So money out of families' pockets is extraordinarily minimal. Uh, the programs that Dave just described uh, in Hartford, Cecil, and now in Kent counties uh, have been operational for over 33 years now. Your slideshow is actually uh, not entirely accurate. Uh, I didn't get a chance to update it before we got it out here today. Um, but the school-based model uh, along with Club on the Go and traditional clubs have allowed us to grow to be the largest Boys and Girls Club in the state of Maryland. And uh, We are working collectively with the other Boys and Girls Clubs throughout the state uh, in an alliance uh, to bring Boys and Girls Clubs into every county uh, in the state. Project Bounce Back was introduced by Governor Hogan in 2020 as an initiative to get kids back out and address the social emotional issues that were beginning to just ravage kids and continue to ravage kids. Um, The initiative uh, was seen by the administration as one that was necessary in order to introduce Boys and Girls Clubs throughout the entirety of Maryland. Uh, So our organization uh, was already in two counties. Uh, We have expanded into a third uh, and are now looking for opportunities here in Queen Anne's County. We've been in communication with Queen Anne's County Public Schools, uh, the local management board, and we are targeting Sudlersville Elementary School as the potential pilot for our program uh and the idea uh is to put the resources where they're needed the most and sudlersville elementary continued to pop up every time we looked at the needs based assessments of where there lacked resources sudlersville elementary uh continued to pop up uh, so we have uh, spoken with Queen Anne's County Public Schools we've spoken with principals we've spoken with uh, just about everybody uh <laughs> we can talk to at Queen Anne's County Public Schools and we have a presentation coming up uh, to the superintendent of schools and uh, a couple of the directors uh, on the 31st uh, and everything goes uh, the way is planned uh, we would be initiating services as soon as September of this year the model that we would uh, be uh replicating uh that we've had success with in our growth is one of a license model um, however year one uh, we have the capital and the revenue to stand up that program for the first year without a license uh, therefore we would be able to establish the program establish the relationships and steward the relationships with the families to get them access to the maryland Childcare scholarship program that would allow them to send their children to a before and after school program with 160 years worth of evidence-based youth development programs for as little as two dollars a week Uh, ours is a program designed to be non-exclusionary uh we accept absolutely everybody and anybody that wants to be a boys and girls club kid and financial restraints are never something that we allow uh membership to be confined by so we are here to introduce ourselves uh, to tell you tell you a little bit about uh, what boys and girls clubs uh, are doing, what we want to be doing uh, here in Queen Anne's. Um, Sudlersville Elementary is uh, the very first place that we would want to be. Uh, we also are looking at uh, <coughs> working with Sudlersville Middle School and creating uh, an opportunity for us to uh, utilize the resources and the revenue that's created through the license program from state uh, state scholarshiping to offset the expenses of actually running a after-school program at uh, Sudlersville Elementary, Sudlersville Middle as well. Down the line, we would very much like to have a footprint, uh, a permanent footprint in Queen Anne's County. Again, still looking at the opportunity to serve kids (coughs) in the highest need area, which would be Sudlersville. And Senator Hershey is working right now to put together a bond bill uh, that would potentially put a brick and mortar Building uh, in that space so that we would be able to sort of control our destiny a little bit more, and be able to uh, provide services in our more traditional and pro- a more traditional site.
1: So,
6: I, I think the ease of of, of accessibility is really going to be the key to the success. Um, and I, you know, Senator Hershey makes a, a commitment to help create a brick and mortar location. <coughs> um, But I think that it's important that, you know, the relationship with the Queen Anne's County commissioners can also help with that as well
15: (laughs) nothing's going to happen without you guys at okay in it that's for sure
6: well i
2: would also uh i would reach out to to the southernsville firehouse about the old southernsville we
15: have um and unfortunately it's not currently usable for the services that we would provide our understanding is that there's just i don't know about remediation but there's a lot of work that would need to be done there is work to be done in order for it to be a safe space for us to operate
2: and mortar situation to where absolutely be, if it could be refurbished to be used for that as a i mean it's a school it's a phenomenal facility so this is that.
15: our third year uh, uh kind of cruising through queen anne's to figure out where the resources are where they're not um you know who we need to make friends with uh access and and inroads to figure out what's going to work the best we've stayed focused on souther'sville because it all rude all roads for boys and girls clubs and our services kept running back there. So uh, one of the first things that we did as soon as we went into was, we like, what's that building and who owns it? And <laughs> how do we get in there? Uh, you know, there's a laundromat in there right now uh, on the bottom floor. And our understanding is that uh, the the fire department is is the operator of the building.
2: Yes. And well, and we just I think we're doing or it's in the process of doing a feasibility study, right? It, if I'm not that's
15: understanding yeah. as well Is it is
2: that's- I think the rfp just got uh filled so yeah we'll get some feedback on it and which i think also if it comes back feasibility wise depending on what can go in there there may be grant dollars that could be had for
6: something along that if the uh, youth based stuff who knows have you and different. i met at the field day grayson yes yep. um and i'm glad you followed up with my advice and got in touch with with Margie to get on our schedule. But I think you talk about partners and, and, and giving the edges and Bobby Willie and that crew is is a great start. And I, and I think partnering with them to a certain extent on these field days and being able to reach out to the kids would be a great partner. That's so you've already started. Yeah. You already hit home run there with uh, coordinating with him. One of the great
15: things about our Club on the Go model was it allowed us to create brand awareness uh without having uh, a brick and mortar and and all of those things. So you do you will see our our vehicles cruising around. There are many buses, there are a Ford Transit. Um, they're brightly colored. They have an outdoor aquatic speaker that actually plays an anthem. Uh, so we're like the good humor man, only we're bringing youth development. <laughs> we're also, we probably also bring in some other stuff that's going to entice them to come out. But, uh, we've had a great deal of success with that model just in terms of using it as a literal and figurative vehicle for growth. Um, so we're anticipating you should be seeing more of that. Uh, as we continue to develop the relationships and the partnerships. Um, so we want to just come out, introduce ourselves, uh, find out if you guys had questions about Boys and Girls Clubs, if you have familiarity with, with what we've done over the past 160 plus years, 33 plus years in Hartford and Cecil counties and what we're doing and what's next for us. Um, and you know if there's any way that we can help you guys understand our intention, then we're happy to do so.
6: Well, this was
0: a
15: good start. Yeah, absolutely. This was a good start.
0: Okay. Excellent. We'll see what happens to Senator Hershey in in Sudlersville.
15: Absolutely. Our hope is, you know, if we can be operational by September, right. uh, we can start building relationships with kids and with families and with school administrators in order to ease the access to the Maryland scholarship because it is a pain to uh, go through the process if you've never been. It's not recommended, um, which is why we actually employ uh, family advisors to walk them through that process. So if there's an education barrier, a language barrier, we're there to support them to gain access to those resources. Uh, and for us, it means that you know we get to serve the kids that need it the most, um, without it coming out of families' pockets and without us coming to the county commissioner's office and saying, "Hey, we need three hundred thousand dollars to operate here." um we are actually self-funding the program um so we're just looking to create as many inroads and as many friends and supporters as we can
5: perfect excellent best of luck awesome thank excellent. you yeah. and uh we have some brochures we can leave you guys with for, as well for, so important yeah. yes yeah.
15: and if you guys have any further questions you should have contact information for dave here um, happy to come back out. Happy to meet you individually. Happy to get in front of anybody that'll listen. <laughs> All
1: right. Thank you, y'all, Thank very you much too. for your time. Thank sure. you. Thank you. Indeed. Thank you. We okay? That boys and
11: girls club that's been around
1: for. All right, commissioners. Uh, our final pres- presentation this evening is an update on uh, from Talkie Communications. So we have Andrew and Andre uh, Dematia, they're going to come up. We haven't seen them for a while, so uh, I know they've been busy out there laying fiber all over the place. So. I'm
16: Andrew. Give us an update. Yeah.
1: All right. Andrew,
6: good Gentleman. seeing you again.
16: Thank you. We took a little bit of time and uh, oh, thank you you so much for having us here. We are excited to give you guys an update. I know a lot of times uh, we don't communicate very well and let you know what's going on in your own county or our own county since I'm part of it. Um, Just wanted to go over a little bit of what we've been doing. I know a lot of the stuff is in rural areas and um, unless you're hearing people complain about us hurting their grass, you don't hear about much about us. Um, so I wanted to go over the little bit of the areas that we're doing. The green areas are areas that are either active or fibers been pulled and, and about to get active. Uh, I'll just point out some of the sections here that isn't quite ready yet is like the Land's Inn area, the um, uh, span your Neck, that, that whole entire area right there. We've already completed, I think, about 50 miles of plow work. And then we're gonna come back, well, we're doing it now, coming back and doing our drill work. So what the plow is, um, the plow can do the flat areas where there's no obstacles. But when there's a lot of driveways, uh, that's when the drill comes in. Then the plow is very, very fast, where the drill is 800 feet to 1,200 feet a day. So it takes a lot longer. Our goal is to have this section of it completed by end of year and have everybody up and active uh we already have our backbone next to willow branch or excuse me white marsh and that's what we'll be feeding this section of the community we've just completed our pathway up to church hill on 213 which was a was a nice challenge uh to get on the state highway and uh get all that active so, there's some other areas that we've been focusing on other than just rural areas for the return on investment is Ken Island. So, Clover Fields is active um, about two, three weeks ago. So, we start, we're lighting up road by road on Clover Fields. So, not everybody has gotten the notification uh, just because we can only do so many installs per day. So, what we're doing is we're thriling it back um, so people don't have uh, a month. Uh, Install date. We try to keep it down to a week install date so people don't forget that we're coming and having no access. Uh, Bay City, um, which is also in green, that had the physical construction has been completed. We are building our pathway now from Church Street across uh, 301 to Bay City. I think we have just two road crossings to do, and then the physical path will be um, set and what we're doing is we're putting um, additional electronics in uh ken island so we're technically one of our electronic cabinets can feed all of uh, the island plus graysonville Uh, we decided to put three cabinets in the different areas and the reason for that is for the performance we don't want to get so much traffic that our network's starting to slow down so we are overbuilding it to a point that unless we're, we're building more uh, houses is future proof uh, and we are currently offering for speed rates up to 10 gig internet speeds for residential uh, our most common plans right now is gigabit and 2.5 gigabit has been taken off pretty well which is you know a symmetrical up and down so it's it's doing uh, very well with the new speed tiers that we launched about two months ago um the areas that are in red we haven't started those but that's on the list for this year um what we're going to do is we are focusing on the lands in area once that's completed we're going to be moving our equipment um going we're going to be going through Churchill in order to get across 301 and uh, we're going to i believe the plan is to do the robert station road and circle over to sellersville um in that direction and simultaneously work on um the behind union church area that on uh, i think it's john powell yeah Yeah. um so we'll be working with different crews there uh we have both internal uh, construction crews that are working and vendors or contractors that are working Uh, currently they are building uh, coxnecks road and we're starting to work in that area as well so that's part of our backbone. So that's the three areas that we're targeting it now uh, we're looking to add I believe another location or possibly two more locations this year on Ken Island to to really um, get our footprint on the island. So that's the high level overview of what we've been doing. Um, any questions.
0: Do you feel that you're on pace to meet all of your obligations as far as installs
16: uh you mean the grants yes okay yeah absolutely good so we have up to march to get uh, all the challenged areas completed um unfortunately there was no grant money in kent and queen anne's county so it's pure challenged areas and the challenged areas are what's in um in the purple right. and the lands in so not not bay city but so these are the di- three different areas uh, our goal was end of year but our deadline is march uh, we believe that the sellersville since we're probably going to save that for last that will be more of the end of year to march time frame so what the good thing about it is our backbone is is nearly completed you can see that there's a lot of footprint so like ken island took a, a lot to get active because mm-hmm. it's so far away and we are using our friends with Maryland broadband without them. Kent Island was wouldn't happen. In fact, a lot of this wouldn't happen.
0: You just did my brother's house in my run. He said you guys did a great job. Oh, so, that's um,
16: awesome. Yeah. We're happy to hear that he went
0: from <laughs> I think you went from a uh, Verizon, you know, <laughs> dial up tone of some sort to the real deal. So.
17: <laughs> and the nice thing is throughout our footprint, we're offering up to 10 gigabit, which is really unrealistic for a consumer. Um no one really needs ten gigabit. Right. But um the most common plan is like I said gigabit and the two point five gigabit and uh, that's never been offered a two point five gigabit in Queen Anne's County before and it's really ten gig. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well I mean it's it's really it's Do never you mind been... sharing some of the price points for people. So yeah, so
16: the seventy nine ninety nine is the four hundred meg, which is our newest lowest tier. Um eighty nine ninety nine is a gigabit. And uh, 149 is 2.5 gig, and we did price the 10 gig very $4.99. high, 4.99, just
2: but because. But you're really targeting commercial when you get to 10 gig. Well, yeah. well, even two and a half.
16: Yeah,
17: yeah e- even two and a half half, is going, got yeah.
2: five kids playing on video games. You can you use. It. You can challenge that two and a half. So.
16: Yeah, if,
17: if you had a lot of. Yeah, that's what's for gamers and video gamers, and yeah.
16: uploading streaming
6: devices, right?
16: And the key thing about it is, we also participate in the ACP program, which is the government. Does everybody know what ACP is? Um, the government program where affordable
17: uh, connectivity. I'll let him talk. Uh, so. It's the affordable connectivity plan. I think it's called. Um, it's a government subsidy that they subsidize uh, thirty dollars per subscriber that is on uh, low income, and then Maryland piggybacks off of that and adds an additional fifteen dollars. So if anybody is in that category, um, it could be even disability and uh, survivor benefits for pensions. Mm-hmm. Um, that they get forty-five dollars subsidy off their internet. So our subscribers could possibly get it for as low as $25. Um, Mm
16: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, we're good. That's with the benefits with that plan. We're also giving the tablets um, for I think 25 bucks so that the government pays $100 towards the tablet and there's a minimum purchase of $11 or $10 and one cent. We are using higher end tablets than a lot of the other vendors are doing Uh, so ours is $25 so and what that would do is People that are on our footprint um, can get the tablet for the $25. Now they have a tablet. People that are in the state of Maryland and Delaware um, that are not on our footprint could get the ACP money and get free internet on a tablet for $25. Through LTE or? It's 5G through T-Mobile. Right. Um, so that that is a benefit that we've done. We've just got the tablets in about a month ago, and we're testing them out. A couple of different vendors, but we're looking to get a tablet that's actually usable, not, not one that you click the button and have to wait for five minutes.
17: Um, that's hard to do for $100.
16: <laughs> yeah, so those are other other plans um, that we are offering. So, um, Yeah, well, we're gonna eventually target all of Ken Island. That is our ultimate goal. In fact, we're, we're looking to get a 99.9% coverage in Queen Anne's County um even if there's other areas or someone overbuilds us we're still planning to to build on uh say 99.9 percent pretty much everybody Mm -hmm. and that is our goal it's going to take a little bit of time um but uh we're slowly chipping away at it Mm -hmm. very good thank you very much thank you yeah keep up the good work thank you. Thank you. you have a wonderful day
1: thanks gentlemen keep putting that fiber in the ground right uh, it. <clears throat> okay, commissioners, uh, the next section of the agenda is we have two items under uh, legislative. So if you want to flip to tab number seven, we have two ordinances that are available for introduction. Uh, the first one is uh, on pages uh, tab seven, item one on pages one through 25, county ordinance number 2307, and that is for the... Um, Re- repeal and readoption with amendments of the local public local laws of Anne's County for Chesapeake Bay critical area uh, official Chesapeake Bay critical area overlay map for the purpose of amending uh, parcel 57 or Map 57 parcel 281. Um, this is for the uh, Nashville properties worth allocation petition. I'll introduce it. Okay. All right. Uh, the second item is county ordinance 2308 and this is an update to the ethics ordinance and this is for revisions to the Queen Anne's county ethics ordinance to comply with new state requirements uh, in Title five of the general provisions article
6: that needs an introduction, mm-hmm. introduction. okay i'll introduce it okay.
1: okay thank you commissioners that is all we had for legislative items for this evening we can now go to new business under tab
8: three
1: so our first item under uh, tab number three item one pages one through nineteen is a revised uh, budget proposal for Chesapeake College Uh, the college is very happy to report they received some additional FY 2024 state funding about one point eight eight million and that came from the uh, budget reconciliation and financing act for 2024 so their new funding will provide some additional salary increases for their full-time staff and they also will be adding some new positions welding instructor grants coordinator writer grants accounting manager and an assistant director of public safety they're also requesting the use of one-time college fund balance for uh, $50,000 for interior door lock replacements to provide consistent secure locks for all of the doors for the safety of the faculty, staff, and the students. So we have to each county, each of the five counties, must approve uh, these FY 2024 budget amendments for the college. And um, my counterparts, I believe, are all fine with approving this. I did ask Dr. Coppersmith if he could attend this evening, but he is on a well-deserved um, uh, vacation this week, so
2: I move to approve the Chesapeake Codge revised budget for FY 2024. Second.
0: We have a motion in a second. Any discussion on this? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? So moved. All
1: right. Thank you, Commissioners. Uh, the next three items are for the Department of Emergency Services. So item number two, on pages 20 and 21 is cardiac monitor and automatic external defibrillator acquisition and this is for uh, the purchase of cardiac equipment uh, Zoll X series cardiac monitor and replacement units and um, the Zoll AED automatic external defibrillator with accessories for $30,060.60 and those are off of pre-established government state contracts. So if we get a motion on that.
2: I'm, you sure that number's right?
1: So oh, excuse me, there's, there's two items. Excuse me. The first item was $45,807.40, and then the external defibrillators were $30,060.60. I have a total on my motion of
2: 121000 So, so 121, there's 65. an additional
9: on the very next item that we're going to hit the ambulance. The funding for that second cardiac monitor is an ad so there's a capital project for cardiac monitor replacement on the ambulance purchase there is a cardiac monitor for it's not a replacement so you have two forty five thousand eight hundred seven dollars and
0: forty cent items correct
9: yes so we gotta subtract that away what's the what's the real total got to be that's going to be the total of the purchase that we're buying no, that isn't, yeah. It's just split between two. Uh, well, we
2: projects. have two motions we have to make: one with the ambulance and one with the AEDs and the X series monitors. So my question is, I have a. Totally but the cardiac awesome. monitor
9: isn't with the ambulance, is what you're saying? On the motion for the Such ambulance kind of, uh, is just for the ambulance. Correct.
2: It's not for the cardiac monitor. So the 121 is actually correct. for the ambulances. Yes. Correct. Okay. The unit that's going to go in the ambulance, right? Okay. Yeah. So so there's two X series monitors and fourteen AED threes, right? As long as yeah, yes. That's, that's, what yes. that's, what that's exactly okay. what we're buying. I move to authorize the director <laughs> of the Department of Emergency Services to purchase two X series monitors and fourteen AED three automatic external defibrillators from Zoll, utilizing the state amount of contract pricing total, totaling one hundred and twenty one thousand six hundred and seventy five dollars and forty cents. Second. We
0: have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this? Question. Boom.
6: Oh, you were getting no let's okay. So uh the fourteen AEDs, where are they going? So they basically,
9: we started an AD program many, many years ago and so there's a portion of these that are going to go into sheriff vehicles and uh, probably our next targeted department is going to be parks and putting them in parks vehicles and what our global plan is, is that we build this out. So right now when we have a cardiac arrest, we dispatch the cardiac arrest over fire and EMS frequencies, but we also dispatch it over law enforcement frequencies, and the closest unit to that cardiac arrest responds to it. Uh, as we grow this AED program, uh, we have the capability of also announcing cardiac arrest over the parks radios, so the parks employees will know that there's a cardiac arrest, they've been trained in CPR and AED use, they and they'll can be able to over use it.
3: There.
6: Yes. And sometimes quicker if they're on the cross island trail in a gator? Yes, Absolutely. very much quicker. So there'll be the portable units, is yes. that it? Okay. Yep.
10: And the sheriff definitely could get there quicker sometimes. Yes.
9: Sometimes certainly so. Yep. And they have proven that they've gotten there quicker and they have actually, I think we got about a total of six saves since the program started and when we incorporated the sheriff's office.
6: So now um, the AEDs, is there battery? you've got to check the batteries how often i mean the batteries last
9: about five years okay. and part of the capital project that we have also buys the supplies for the pads because we have to replace the pads every so many years and okay. the batteries okay so we're responsible for the entire aed program so the, as an example you have an aed in this building mm-hmm. hung in the hallway we're the ones who restock it make sure the batteries are fresh in it and we check everything in the system annually gotcha. uh, i got uh,
10: fire trucks got too. Yeah.
9: Yes, but this is not a part of this AD program. So, first responder units on the volunteer fire side do have these if they're if they're an ALS equipped unit, they have a similar cardiac monitor that we carry on our, our Actually
0: unit. on
5: board, right?
9: Yep.
0: Uh, I have a question. Uh, where's the funding coming? I see the funding in here for 75,868. Where's the additional funding coming for the second uh, that's part of the, the
18: ambulance, ambulance. For that five thirty-five, that's allotted for the ambulance. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, why I was yeah, telling you. I didn't
2: think the motion would could be that way because yeah. we got to put the forty-five over with the ambulance because that's yeah, the that's budget right. line that's, that's, that's coming what, out, yeah, right?
1: The, the motion is yeah. It only include should only include those two items on that first okay member. That's what I
2: was trying to get at. So yeah. we got to pull out how much from that?
1: You got to pull out forty-five
0: thousand eight hundred seven dollars and forty cents. Yeah. And you have to change the motion to one.
2: Yeah. i no, uh six seven five point four minus what? Uh, 45,000, 807.
6: 800, 807 and 40 cents. Yep. So we need
2: okay, so I'm going 000. to amend my motion to do one uh, X-Series monitor at a cost of $75,868. Second.
0: Here we go. We have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained. So moved. All righty.
1: All right, we're good there?
0: Uh, yep, we're good. Now we'll go to the ambulance.
1: All right, item three on pages uh, 22 through 24 is the FY24 ambulance purchase, and this is for a new paramedic ambulance. Request is for a 2023 Ford F550 Ultra Medic Ambulance. They have 535701 in the budget, and this contract is for th- three hundred ninety nine thousand five hundred eighty three dollars with remaining funds used will be used for purchasing the medical equipment and supplies got it. for the ambulance.
2: I move to authorize director of Department of Emergency Services to purchase what? That's gonna be the important. I got it. You mean like that? Yep. You got it. I'm He's sorry. On it. He's one step ahead of you. <laughs> I move to authorize director of Department of Emergency Services to purchase the 2023 Ford F-550 4x4 automatic ambulance piggybacking off the Houston Galveston Area Council Procurement Program atlantic emergency solutions and one x-series monitor for said ambulance in the amount of four hundred forty five thousand three hundred ninety
0: dollars and forty cents second we have a motion in a second any discussion that totals correct yes that that's good any discussion is it,
2: this is a deal right because i'm thinking like yeah, three we years we were ago, ago we were paying like for mm-hmm. yeah, these things.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. but
9: you
2: never know. Yeah, but uh, what, are we going to have to wait 12 years to get it now, or what, what's the deal? Maybe we'll that's that's the catch. Yeah, so yeah. that, 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 that was going to be
6: one dollars, of the questions gonna I
9: had. We're going to yeah. be in next fiscal year when we get yeah, it delivered.
18: The, so the, the lead time, they say, it's it's a 365-day bill from the time the chassis is delivered, and right now it's a six-month to a 12-month lead on a chassis. So, you're so we, a we very well we sign a contract tomorrow and not see it until 2025.
0: See, and I'm ordering a 550 myself,
9: a dump, so we'll see who gets theirs first. <laughs> well, we're placing the order tonight. There you go. I'm, <laughs> and I'm not.
6: You so. already well, sent a text and uh, we lost. So, so, so my question is, how many ambulances do we have now?
9: So that's a good question and I actually- I mean, no. actually
6: running in service.
9: Standby. We've got uh, six units that are manned and operational full-time. How many? Six. six i thought you said 16 i was like what were no not that many and then we've got three that we actually use in reserve the right. oldest one in our fleet is a 2007 and we actually have two of our units at 2007 for an age so we have 16 years of age on two, how many on the, how they're, they're all just right around two hundred thousand. Yeah. but it's
2: hours on the ambulance because they run at the hospital yes. and they're not moved. Yeah, right, right, right. 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 Sit on the side of the road quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So we have six, six units, hours and six and front
18: lines and three reserves. And three reserves, yep. mm-hmm. okay. And then the whole point of adding this unit was we wanted to buy a full unit because this is tying into Paramedic 200, their sixth yep. staff sure. unit. Right. So we didn't want to rob one from our reserve fleet because we've seen constant churning with parts and everything like that. that <sighs> Which, yeah. What's
2: your oldest front line you're running right now?
18: So the oldest front line that we're running 2015. is- 2015. Yeah. Okay, so
2: 2015. These, it's 8 years, so 8 years though, but that's, yeah. yeah, and I'm sure it's got over 100,000 plus miles on it. It does, it has 166,000. Yeah, yeah,
18: again, and, and we actually, run time. we have a 2016 that's got 170,000 miles on it, so.
6: So this new one we're ordering, that, that's, that's designated for, uh, paramedic, unit. it'll be paramedic unit 200. Yeah, it's yeah. to infuse a new unit um, into. How's all that, that, that talk going?
9: <clears throat> Everything's going good. Uh, I mean, exactly. I know you can't go into great detail, but. Well, Zach's... They did it at the FEC meeting.
5: Yeah, did they? We did,
9: okay. Did. Oh yeah, they did. Zach has uh, been aggressively going after staff and I think in a week, we'll actually be bringing on the last section that we need to man that unit. So it's gonna take us a couple months to get everybody trained, but we should be up and running in about two to three months.
18: Yeah, if you've been listening, you'll kind of hear it pop in and out right now as people are getting cleared and we have the staffing to do it, we're putting it in as we can.
9: Mm-hmm.
10: Good, so if this is gonna take till- did you say 2025 mm-hmm. possibly? Yep. Possibly. So if a 2022 or a 2021 comes up, low mileage, would you consider purchasing that sooner rather than waiting till 2025? Well that that's a that's a good question. And I'm, you don't have to I'm not putting that in the spot. I'm just would it be he's considered. trying to think of
6: getting his, his, I know he's his trying to get question is get your unit sooner is what I, said. I get what he's saying but actually you'll find
18: like a <coughs> lot of the upfitters right now won't even if we took equipment out of one of our current ambulances and sent that equipment with them to build a new ambulance for us they wouldn't install it they want everything new fresh off the line fresh out of the box yeah so, it makes
0: sense if you got three in reserves you can wait
18: yeah
2: yeah if you have to already but again i say the price is lower for some reason. I, I, this wow. is the first thing I've heard post-COVID that's actually lower than what it was pre-COVID. It's crazy. Yeah. Don't, don't chase us. I'm Man. on it. I'm Jack. So, I wait, think it's too wait. late. So, hey, you guys have set a precedent so next time Steve Chandler comes in oh, there, he right. comes <laughs> to <and> say, hey, oh.
17: <laughs> no. You guys you can close school him, him a, a little,
2: little bit. he to be like, Why's I'm
9: going to call him. it. He's, he's got it. Thanks for putting us up against another grader. I appreciate
1: he's got to see
0: how to buy these things rim. cheaper because apparently <laughs> it can be done uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my. Very yeah.
2: good. all right all, all right
1: commissioners uh, item number four on page 25 is budget amendment cc1 this is for the health disparities grant and this provides budget authority for the health disparities grant in the amount of two hundred ten thousand nine hundred and eighty dollars. and this is an agreement between des and our department of health to provide services for AEDs, iPads, Knox Boxes and other training. Mm. No County funds
6: are requested. I'll make a motion to approve budget amendment CC-1. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion?
2: Scott, have we transitioned over to the Knox Boxes? I mean, are we are we using the new ones, the biometric or whatever they are? So,
9: so we have uh, transitioned over to the new boxes. They've been installed in all the equipment uh, from. The Sheriff's Office side has them in all their supervisor units we have them in all of our units on our side and the fire service has installed them all on their side so they're 100% operational right now. Yes.
11: Okay, the the Knox boxes in this discussion to the grant are residential Knox boxes. Okay, that will hang on patients doors um, that will be able to access the home. So that way oh, for of, medical.
18: Yeah, so basically instead of them having to say a code and then give a code out over the air, they just have that installed on their door, and as long as they've got a key that's in there that's for their lock, then gotcha. we can access their home.
9: Or trapped in their house, yeah. unable right, to I get got to got the door, then we can access the door without Plus, having The, to break the sheriff's
2: equipped with them as well. Again, they okay. can get there quicker sometimes. Nope. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. Makes sense. Very well.
9: All right, so we have
0: a motion and a second on CC-1. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So moved. Aye, there you go, guys. Thank you.
9: Right, thank you very much. We you, appreciate it. All thank right.
1: You. Yeah, good to see y'all. Okay. We'll
9: be straight next time we come in.
1: <laughs> okay, commissioners, item number five on pages twenty-six through twenty-seven. Uh, this is for the Upper Shore Workforce um, Investment Vo- Board. Uh, they require uh, an operational plan uh, to be implemented uh, in our local area. And this is the four-year plan for Queen Anne's County, and this is the revision. I didn't include this entire plan in your books, but you did have a link to it in your uh, email that you received. So we just need uh, the president's signature on, or a motion for the president to sign this plan so that it is uh, effective.
2: I move to execute the concurrent sheet for the Upper Shore Workforce Investment Board's revised 2022 to 2024 Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act plan submission.
11: Second,
0: we have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? Mm-hmm. Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Oh, hold on, just
2: oh. is, is this implement the new blueprint stuff? Is that what the because we just did one of these last year? I thought when uh, blueprint it
3: was in um, April of 21,
1: was it? Okay, yes. it's been a while,
2: yeah. so it has all that. But the new blueprint stuff for WIB is in there, I'm assuming. Yeah, yes, which yes. is the reason the mm-hmm. update's required, right? right.
18: Okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Okay, so all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye.
1: aye. aye. Opposed? Abstained? So moved. By the Commissioner, that's all we had in the book. We had two desk items. Uh, first is uh, desk item number one. Uh, this is a uh, proposal to install some signing at the end of Land's End Road. Um, this has been um, an area where we've had a lot of um, uh, problems with uh, people loitering after dark and we've had a lot of complaints from the uh from the residents down there and in conjunction with the sheriff's office to assist with their policing efforts which is an ongoing effort down there they've suggested that we put some uh, signs up that would prohibit um, parking stopping and standing um at certain hours and giving our sheriff's department a little more teeth right because right now they really can't enforce anything down there Um, they're down there quite a bit trying to catch the bad guys as we as we so as we say, but uh, this would allow them to provide some enforcement actions at that location. Now we looked at uh, various locations around the region. Um and we could go anything from dusk to dawn. I mean, the the landings are open from, you know, 11 p.m. To, to dawn. So there's it's a wide range of opportunities. So I think if know. we lock
6: ourselves into a time particular time, I mean, well for, so if you do dust to dawn because obviously the time changes and right you know, you, that you you can get dawn you can get dust starting a lot earlier than other times during the year so if you lock in right 9 p.m to 6 p.m it, it, it can be dark at five o'clock so from five to nine it's pitch black down there i'm a to dawn because I'm i a, agree yeah. because
2: i just think that this starts when the it Sun, goes Sun goes
6: yeah. down. So, so, so we just would the, need to the, amend the, the moment. Well, uh, well some,
1: we, some folks do fish in the evening hours. I mean, we had suggested nine. I mean, we talked about making it as late as eleven, because folks do fish sometimes. You know, after dark for a bit. I mean, not so much in the winter time, but in the summertime, they're out there. You know, fishing in the.
10: Patrick, what do you think? Just down well, you're dealing with some of these people down there.
1: What's, down there. I
2: have
10: been dealing with this for a while. This kind of came out of left field. Like I was driving here and found out about this um all i can say is i've talked to probably 25 people about this and nobody has thought it was a good idea to close to shut it down at night
6: um well you with, spoke to 25 that,
10: people but i mean with, with that the said, residents that live down there we're not
6: down the the
10: people down there want initially wanted it closed then they you know wish would we're real we're willing to negotiate Um, I certainly understand the issue with that said when I when I've talked to Steve Wilson and I've talked to numerous people uh, including at DPW Parks and Rec and the sheriff there's a lot of accusations but it doesn't seem to have a
6: lot of malicious so call volumes Response having to respond to something down there, those numbers just don't exist. Or say that I'm not saying that I'm saying
10: there's accusations of drugs, but yet when I talk to law enforcement, those accusations are made, but there's nothing to really back it up.
0: So let's let's do this and let's first off, because nobody's made a motion, so I'm going to make a motion. I move to post a turnaround area of Lands End Road with no stopping, standing, or parking from dusk till dawn. Second. So we have a motion a second now go ahead so why not,
10: why not compromise and do eleven to six or nine to six as opposed to and and the reason is is because kids fish and there's not many places up county in district two where kids get a place to go fish and i you know my kids fish at night i have fished at night, at night. where'd you fish uh, at the narrows and uh um uh, the chop tank. Okay. My point is, is you know, there's not a lot of places up county for kids to go to. Well, you know, we're shutting them out from an activity that they can have a place to go hang out. Well, I don't
0: necessarily agree with that. I think that uh, when you say kids, are they old enough to drive? They go there, or are they younger than that, and if, if so, somebody must be bringing them there. So if you can bring them there, you can, there's, there's other f- places where you could fish. Uh, we've had complaints from the people that live at the end of this road and uh, you know with loitering and other things going on down there and the sheriff has been out there and he can't enforce anything without a sign. So, uh, dust of dawn. I'm sure if somebody went there fishing and they weren't bothering anybody, nobody would make a call. You know, I, right. I, I think that the calls are generated because the people that live there Hear the hooting and the hollering, and, or whatever the case may be, because if, if I pull up and I'm quiet and I'm
10: out there fishing by myself, all you're hearing is a splash of a fish. So, uh, so why don't we why don't we compromise and start nine to six? And if if that doesn't work out,
6: then we'll go dust to dawn. Right. Well, the problem is you have to make up signs.
0: Well, f- and also there's a motion and a second. There's a motion and a second. Now, if you want to make a motion to amend it, and and other, you get other. You know second in in the pass on that then we could do it i mean that's that's what i'm saying there's there's a motion already out in a second so
10: i don't know how to do an amendment. Well, just, just it just just make an motion, motion to amend the motion, amend motion, 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 motion to, to, to nine the, to six versus dust to dawn I yeah make a motion to amend nine to six instead of dust to dawn at land's end okay yeah yep. i'll second that
0: okay a motion second all those in favor signify by saying aye aye aye, aye. there you go three to two all right. So and now, now motion. The motion's amended. So, right, so the motion has been amended. There. All those in favor of the amended motion signify by saying aye. 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 There we go. So it's nine to six. Right, nine to six.
6: Instead of dust or dawn
0: Correct. There you go. Right. All righty. Moving on.
2: But what I, well, as a caveat, can we uh, get some call reports there? Since we're we're going to be conscious of this now, can we get an update in a couple months of how many reports? We sure get down there and yeah, it to, yeah we can do that now that we post it because if it's not an issue where i agree with okay if it's not an issue then we could take the signs down I, absolutely I mean, you know yeah. that's my thing is we can take it down anytime now yeah. that it's there
11: mm-hmm. well it might not be an issue because you have the signs up then right that's, that's right. right and that's fine but that's fine right. see so we'll see right. yeah. yep.
1: okay next all right thank you commissioners desk uh, item number two is uh for a phone system upgrade and this is a request from our i.t department to Expand our my phone system to the Liberty Building, the Kramer Center, Parks, Public Works, Economic Development, Foxtown Senior Center, and the Vincent Building via the Sourcewell pre-established government contract, and that has already been installed at DES, Sheriff's Detention, Sanitary, Graysonville Senior Center, oh. Ken Island Senior Center, and the Bay Bridge oh. Airport. Point of and order,
2: we, we have to rescind that whole thing we just did, and we have to convene as the Roads Board. This comes under the roads. So oh, we. Uh, I know,
3: mean, I should have, I wrote roads, I should have
2: said something, so, sorry. I, so, okay, so I make so a motion to rescind the previous, uh,
0: uh, motion. Well, you don't have, to, you don't need to rescind it, because it's it's invalid, because it's not That's a true, it's, that's it's right, in it in doesn't now. even matter, yeah, so, so I, I make
2: a motion to convene as a roads board. Second. All in favor? Uh, All right. I, I, okay, now roads just board.
0: Just make a one-time so Patrick, motion now. Patrick, you, you want to make a one-time <laughs> motion to go from nine to six? The same the same motion you, you just, just made just
11: read the motion sorry. right there i want to yeah, actually just read that, the motion that's right
0: there. on there well let, let patrick he, you know he, he worked hard on that i'll give him let read that you got it
11: right there
10: yeah yeah, yeah just read that one that yep up, sorry i moved to post the turnaround area of lands and road with no stopping standing or parking from 9 p.m to 6 a.m second
0: we have a motion a second any further discussion Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved 5-0. There we go. Great Thank you done.
6: for that correction, Margie. Yes. Huh?
0: Motion to leave right. the roads board. Yep. Keep me straight. Great. Thank you, Margie. You can stay in it and we can still do our other business. That's true. We can do our yeah. business yeah. yeah. All right. So now we've got this uh IT motion. we would like to
11: I move to approve the recommendation of county IT staff to upgrade the phone equipment for the expansion of the NITEL phone system to Liberty Building, Kramer Center, Parks, Public Works, Economic Development, Vincent, via the Sourcewell pre-established government contract number 22719 mbs for
0: $99,718.90. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion?
11: Does this complete it? Uh, uh,
0: yes, this will complete it. OK. Very good. Any other questions, comments? Seeing none, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. Right, aye. aye. Opposed? Abstained? So moved. Ninety-nine thousand seven hundred eighteen. I know, right? Coming That's right the underneath point. the wire. That's
14: it.
10: <laughs> um, all right. Sure. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh,
1: that was uh, ninety-nine thousand dollars and oh, um, I'd have to get that number for you. I'm not sure what that was invested in so far, that. but I can get that for you. Yeah. Yeah. It works. It hasn't been cheap. Mm-mm. All right, commissioners. That is all of the action items and new business we have for this evening. Uh, we can go to present and public comments. Yep. Part two. Yep. We have some.
9: Thank you, Chris. Uh, I had a question, commissioners. We had someone who emailed in in opposition of County Ordinance Twenty Three Hundred Seven, which you just agreed all we to do is introduce. introduce it. Should yeah. we, we wait have till it for two weeks? Okay. Thank you. That was all
1: done. Well, yeah. <clears throat> Anybody else sign up for pressing public comment? Yep. All right. Sitting right here. He's going to speak. Yep. All right. Mr. Newberry heard my spiel at the beginning. He so knows he the knows, rules. He knows, he knows the rules. Right he here. knows the rules. Right.
7: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Got another three minutes. <laughs> County Commissioners, again, it's Captain Robert Newberry with Delmarva Fisheries Associations to pick up where I left off. Just to give you a point on what this national recreational area, through the Park Service and through the Chesapeake Conservancy, has failed to do. Number one is the NEPA Act, National Environmental Protection Act. They have not invoked that. Any time a federal agency partners with a private or non-government agency, they are bound by the NEPA Act. They have not done that. Their environmental impact study for this area was done between 2002 and completed in 2004. EISs are good for two years. That was 20 years ago. Anyone of you tell me the bay's changed in 20 years, if you say not, leave, because it's it's totally different. So all these things moving forward with the problems that we have, and another thing, for instance, and kind of segue into what you were talking about at Land's End, uh, when the park over at Sandy Point fills up. They close the gate and they hand you a piece of paper. Guess what the first thing is on the map? Queen Anne's County. The end of every single road is marked. And I was born and raised right on the other side of that landing over at Kennersley Marina. My family owned Kennersley and that marina for over 40 years that is not really a landing down there the landing the proper landing is over on southeast creek that landing and i did have some of the people call me i went down there with the sheriff guess what we saw on the ground saturday morning needles syringes beer cans so I mean, it's a good move. I think the Dust of Dawn is a better thing, but, hey, just having to where the office the cops can enforce that. Mm-hmm. Because once this park does get in, you're going to see all these areas are going to increase. We've had, down at the Kent Narrows, we had a boat full of people get run over two weekends ago in the morning because they were anchored wrong in the bridge. They were fishing. My guys are constantly getting their antennas wrapped around fishing lines at 4 o'clock in the morning. It's, you know, it's bad right now. If this park comes in, this national recreational area, put it on steroids, it'll be 10 times worse because they're not all going to be able to be over there at Holly Beach and at Whitehall. They're going to come across the bay. Kayaks, bicycles, and boats. So. I just, you know, hopefully, and I did talk with Chip McLeod about this with Clean Chesapeake. He is going to, I think he talked to Todd. He's going to be on the agenda. This will be one of the points of the agenda, and it will be discussed at MACO also. Because I don't know if you remember the MACO conference when they talked about this CNRA. Yep. Chip called him out and caught him in a big lie. And the last MACO conference I was at down in Cambridge, I got, they got caught in a lie again. So there's a lot of stuff that we don't need it right now. So I would certainly hope that, you know, I've talked to Jack about the uh, Royal County Coalition. I think they need to look at this too because it's it's going to hurt us. We don't need it right now. So that's all I say. And thank you very much for your time and your support for Queen Anne's County. Thank you. Thanks, Ron.
14: There
0: you go. <clears throat> Anybody else like to speak? No? All right, we'll close press and public comment. And uh, we'll start with number quattro
11: that would be me got
6: nothing I got nothing, okay, all right. got nothing. And number three um addressing a couple of issues that captain newberry uh had brought up first of all um todd sent out a great email to us and and heather Tennelli um shared some of the concerns and the uncertainties of this this national park and, and i think it's just important that captain newberry mentioned a couple of them but You know, the bill states that these properties will be managed by an outside entity or a nonprofit. Um, And and (laughs) with the way things have gone in the past, you could have you could have um, the way things have been set up in, in Annapolis under this new administration. You could have a fox guarding the hen house. Um, if you're going to have the chesapeake bay foundation or any organization like that managing this park so that i think that's a very legitimate concern i think there's just too much vagueness in this um and and how it's going to be managed and what's going to take place and i honestly believe that the federal government and the state of maryland need to be more forthcoming in the details as they come in to play for this project Um, that's one of the biggest fears that people have about any change is what is this change going to do, how is it going to affect the quality of life that we have, how is it going to improve the quality of life that we have. Uh, And I just think they just need to be more forthcoming with information, detailed information. And then the other thing I wanted it is a genuine concern because I actually drove across the Kent Narrows bridge last night after uh, leaving a, a narrow's restaurant for dinner and I saw a couple gentlemen sitting on a charter boat fishing off the bow of it. And let's just put it this way that that boat was not out on a charter. So it is taking place. We need to do something to protect these these watermen who keep their boats down at the at the Narrows Marina. Absolutely have to do something to protect it. And so we have signs we have cameras if we have cameras and we have footage then then a, a detective from the sheriff's office needs to be reviewing that and they need to set up regular scheduled drive-throughs there to protect these businessmen and women in our community so i would like to see james wood and and uh, uh and it's a county marina it's it you know DNR in, in it's infinite wisdom has nothing to do with the enforcement of people being on those people's boats. They're trespassing on boats that are parked in marina that the county owns and I believe that that is our jurisdiction and our sheriff's department needs to be making routine stops down at the Kenton Narrows, especially this time of year, especially this time of year. Thank you. Very well.
10: Patrick. Essentially every county on the eastern shore is going to be affected by this. It,
4: it, indirectly, but, but the concern is it's referred to as a string of pearls, and when you don't have, and, and, I, and I've, you know, I've talked to Mr. Dunn, who's with the, yeah. the administrator firm, the of the Chesapeake Conservancy, and my concern is, is when you have a string of pearls that are open, they're not considered a, a string; they're called a lock. But when you close them, and it becomes a circle. So what they want to do, like we were initially told, this was going to be a land-based issue nothing to do with the water first thing they got was guess what Sandy Point Lighthouse I mean excuse me uh, uh, off the Severn River they got that now they want to go after Whitehall and come into a development over there in Whitehall Bay and bring a ferry in with people with bikes and kayaks and whatnot but access to it the road roads aren't for me to tie.
6: so uh, I'm gonna so I'm real quick just for the sake of time I'm gonna make a recommendation that you sit down with Captain Newberry and he can answer any questions that you have regarding this project and bring you up to speed on where we are. Because in all fairness to you, it's it's been in the ropes before the election took place, but he can he can shed a lot of light on what's going on.
4: The thing, it's, on the, it's on the House floor yeah. in, in DC right now to be voted on this summer. So I think the good thing, and, I'm, and I've talked to Ronnie Fithian in Kent County about this, is maybe get Kent and Queen Anne's together and have Mr. Dunn and Mr. Sarbanes and Mr. Court, I mean, Cardin and Mr. Van Hollen send their people over and you guys, they tell you what they're going to do because nobody knows. Nobody knows. I mean, Chip and I are on that commission. I get emails every day. Well, what do you think about this? When well, we've never had a one on one meeting with all these people and they said they represent the wall. They don't represent anybody. This is just being slid through. And when it comes in. You know, Pennsylvania had a major issue with this now. They had that national park, national recreational area up there in the gap. 77,000 acres, hunt, fish, motorbike, skiing, everything else. Now they want to make it a national park. Oh, they weren't supposed to. Well, now all that's gone. They did it out in the at, uh, San Francisco Bay, and out they, there in Golden they Gate, get, with they the it a national recreational area. Closing made it a park. Now you can't do anything there.
10: Roger, you got anything? So, uh, I went to see *The Sound of Freedom*, which is a movie about um, trafficking. So I just wanted to mention. It's a movie a, about traffic. Sex trafficking. Human trafficking. Oh, human trafficking. Ooh, you immigrants. heard Jim's ears so much. Jim got excited. Human trafficking. He's like, yeah, he's traffic. tra- he's like tra- <laughs> I want to see that. Too. Jim's like, a, <laughs> this is a serious movie. Sorry, 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 you're, yeah. You're, you're yeah. Giving, yeah. Yeah. sorry. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, it it uh, it's a. I would just I would recommend going to see it, and uh, it is pretty pretty uh, uh, difficult thing to watch initially, but it it's it shows what's really going on in the dark places of uh, Central America, uh, South America, and even in the United States. Anything else? Good. Jack.
2: Um, so I guess I'm going to first I'm going to congratulate Kristen and John on being the first commissioner hot spotlight guys. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, I was there when they f- first started that up and it's an incredible program and it's great to see how it's blossomed over the last seven plus years now where it's at and all the volunteers they get out and all the hard work they put into at their own time, their own money in most cases. So congrats again. Um, my concern on the, the parts thing and I don't want to kind of beat a dead horse but one of it is with added people creates added law enforcement issues in my opinion. Um, and right now I think that would be one of our biggest issues is how do we handle an influx of that many people say roaming in certain areas that are now not necessarily patrolled. They're not things that are concerned for the sheriff's department and we only have a sheriff's department. We don't have the fortune of having a large state police presence here and you know it to me, it would become a law enforcement issue and the cost associated with that. And unfortunately, a lot of times, as we've learned from the state level down to our level, we don't always get funded for things that get pushed down on us. And we have to come up with ways to fund that. So that would be just really one of the things I look at from the outside with an influx of people. What do you do? And we're talking about worrying about people fishing at the end of a dead-end road. And we can't patrol that. Or people fishing on watermen's boats. Imagine another 100,000, 200,000 people roaming around in the county that you know, aren't from here necessarily. So. Um, and then finally, uh, myself and Commissioner Corcorino had the opportunity to meet with our Economic Development Department and PRS Guitars, um, which is actually one of our largest employers in the county. Been here for many, many years. Um, we just named the road for Paul Reed Smith. Um, and it was a great conversation. They want to um, expand here in the county. they love to, Queen Anne's County, love to stay here. But obviously, workforce is, a, is an issue with them right now, as it is everywhere um so we had a meeting with the college and them and our economic development department and i think we set forth some pretty good uh stuff moving forward in terms of working with our businesses to support programs to uh create career programs at the college which is something we've always been working towards a tech center and that kind of thing they seem interested in being a partner with that um along with a few other businesses that we've talked to and to that end, um, we're seeing movement on that post-COVID, finally, uh, the college has applied um, and is working for, looking for engineering money to develop a plan for a regional tech center. And then obviously the next stage after that would be funding the construction of said uh, tech center. But uh, I give doctor Coppersmith Copper-Smith a lot of credit. He's really dug in on this and he's committed to getting this done in, in sooner than later, which would be great for the whole region the um, that, for our kids, uh, with the dual account. enrollment aspect of 17, 18, anywhere from 17, you know plumbing, HVAC, electrical to Sweet. cybersecurity, all those other programs we can open up right here in this uh, north northern uh, eastern shore counties and make that available. Things that right now are only available in the larger counties uh, to their students. I mean, it would just be. a I think it would be phenomenal right here for us to have it in our backyard and be able to, you know, give our kids opportunities to maybe just stay home here and work. You know, if, we, if we've got a pipeline to PRS or some of our other manufacturers, the kids find out that, hey, you know, this I can keep a career living live in Queen Anne's County or even in adjacent County, you know, that's more affordable, whatever the case may be. It's just, it it's, bodes well for the future of keeping our kids here and, you know, making them our future workforce, along oh, yeah. with our farmers and all. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah, we're good. I said that it yep that's it all right so <sighs> as long as you're going to answer the questions that we've been getting this week about the beta program in Anne County
0: okay right so first let's I want to <laughs> I want to make a comment about this uh, national park uh, it's my understanding the Broadneck Peninsula does not want it either with existing traffic conditions the way they <laughs> are adding all these additional vehicles <laughs> You know i you know will it impact queen anne's county as bad as it does them i don't know but uh yeah it, it wasn't a lot of thought that went into that with with that location so uh hopefully hopefully we will have an opportunity somewhere along the line uh to, for them to move it somewhere else uh, because again it's it's going to impact that traffic now talking about the traffic and what the uh, state highway this isn't the mdta this is not the bay bridge this is state highway uh closing on ramps to Route 50 eastbound from exit exit 30, exit 30, 31, 30 and 32. No, not 31. Exit 31 is closed permanently. Right. Exit 30 and 32. Which and is 32. The uh, they're going to close going from that access road onto Route 50 east. And at 32 is the ramp that you come over the. Um, Rover Route 50, like from Sandy Point, and you get on and coming east. All of these will be closed uh, starting next, starting this weekend, uh, Thursday at 10 a.m. until Sunday at 6 p.m., closed. And for years everyone's been told that you can't, you cannot close something for an individual that's going to the store, or for an individual that's coming from New York. If, if one person can use the road, everybody can use the road. So the only way this works is by closing it and it's a safety hazard and unfortunately this is going to work for Anne Arundel County this is going to this is going to clear those access roads and the Broadneck Peninsula will be able to go to the store they'll be able to go visit their friends and they'll be able to get back home the difference is that span of road in two and a half miles is is three exits we have a nine mile corridor with almost 15 I think it is around 15. Some of them uh, might not be as important. So to do that in Queen Anne's County, and believe me, we're going to talk about it. Uh, I brought back the Beach to Bridge plan. This is from 2019, and it's, it's exactly what they're doing now. They're closing ramps, and it's exactly what we asked for four years ago. Let's close ramps. Uh, no, you can't do it because, and again, we might have been asking for access only for local, but we can't do that. So we're going to have to sit down and have some serious discussions with State Highway. We're going to have to say, look at, because what's going to happen, let's take, for instance, uh, a July 4th weekend, Labor Day weekend, and we have a 10-mile backup. Everybody's jumping off at uh, Winchester Creek and Nesbitt, and everybody's jumping onto 18 18 and clogging 18, where we have two of our very busy firehouses in a majority of all of our businesses on the kent island area Graysonville area so the minute we close these ramps it affects our businesses and that's where the give and takes got to take place for instance if i was in easton and i live off of nesbit the crossover at 50 and route 18 at at the outlets that is already closed that's closed on weekends but now we need to have it closed we normally were closing it on sundays because all of our traffic really was sunday nights well as everybody knows Saturdays are becoming a major issue now. Um, The state highway or MDTA is leaving whoever gets, whoever has more traffic gets the third lane. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow night. Tomorrow night we have the Bay Bridge Reconstruction Advisory Board meeting. And we're going to talk about the numbers because they're going to have to post the numbers because I can't see more uh, going east than there is westbound. So anyway, so getting back to that, if I was in Easton and I wanted to go home, if we, I wouldn't be able to use Nesbitt. It would be closed to me also. Only emergency services would use it. Ambulances and emergency services. So then I'd have to go down to Winchester Creek. No, that's closed. I can't use that one. Then I go to the Kent Narrows. At what point do we say we're going to have a westbound ramp open? And that's where the discussion has to take place. That's going to involve you know, the, the public. And you know, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of a town hall. Because everyone thinks we can just do this and this will go away, and it's just not the case. Mm-hmm. And everything we do causes another issue. So now we close those ramps. Okay, now we've got everybody off 18. Phil can go from his house to my house to the Narrows back to my house, and he has no traffic. But the problem is we have to open up one of those so that anybody that's, that's got to sit in that traffic that can get off to get over to 18 that's a local resident. And you know, I, I know that when I was on the Kentoneros Development Foundation, Phil is now, uh, I brought that up that we would close just one of their accesses, just close one of their their westbound ramps, and boy, they didn't like that.
2: You know, because wasn't that the idea was that you would force them that they couldn't basically circumvent the system; they would have to go back right go back eastbound and come back westbound right. somewhere. Right. somewhere yeah. yeah. So you
0: know, unfortunately, I don't, I, I haven't been able to think how we're going to save it from Castle Marina to the bridge. Castle Marina, the bridge is the largest and the biggest challenge because that's always, you know, the, naturally the backup starts at the bridge and crawls to Castle Marina, then hits the Kent Narrows, and then it goes nuclear uh, all the way out to the, the outlets. And and that's, you know, w- you know now we're on call. Now we're saying, OK, now, you know, are we going to close it or are we going to watch it? And then when it gets busy, then we close it. All these questions need to be answered. But, you know, we need the state to come, you know, I mean, it's it's their traffic problem, not ours. And and we got to remember that. It's their traffic problem, not ours. In Rona County, I, they're still going to have College Parkway jammed. They're still going to have Cape St. Clair jammed. It's going to be the learning curve. But, uh, I, I honestly, last year when they put the red light up at that one ramp, it cleared up
6: everything. You know, it was interesting. There was somebody had posted uh, recently, uh, maybe yesterday, maybe even today, that works at um north of grumman works at north of grumman yeah and they're yeah. going to have to because that ramp's closed yep. they're going to have to go all the way down to cape st clair yeah. and, and get 10. in the 10. back of the miles. line right. yeah. and get back in line be able to go across the bridge and go home, yeah. Yeah. And line, go and go home. Yeah. correct
0: Yep. and that's what i mean so everything there's you do
2: that doesn't inconvenience somebody. correct that's yeah are going to be a give and take we, we oh, know yeah. that but i mean look
0: at all the look at all the the residents here and in, in, of kent county and Talbot county that commute and now on thursdays think they're going to be able to circumvent the traffic and go down those accesses and they're not going to be happy
2: yeah what there's two questions that, right. that i'd like you to ask at your advisory meeting tomorrow night just out of curiosity one would be and i know you're getting numbers i'm just curious i i, I travel like you every day jim so i see it i don't see as many eastbound tractor trailers as i do westbound mm-hmm. and we all know tractor trailers god love them. They are more of a traffic nightmare because when they have to stop and start they can't do it like these little electric cars We got running around right. It takes them time to get back up to speed So I'm just curious if you're using that as a gauge and we've got a line and I've seen it I've come across here with the westbound backup And I look in that right lane because I get the tractor-trailers credit for the most part They're lining up to get in the right lane like they're supposed to yep. and it's a long line But when I'm on the eastbound side, I don't see that I don't see eight, ten tractor-trailers lined up going across the bridge So I think we have more tractor-trailer traffic main reason is they don't pay a toll that way right so they come that way and so I think that's something that we need to look at because when you're calculating that distance That that's not fair because it's speed. It's to get back to highway speeds, in my opinion. Forget, well, the forget number of cars, it's right. like highway speeds. You want right. to be at fifty-five or fifty going across. If you've got fifty
0: miles an hour and you got three lanes versus two lanes, it's doing fifteen or twenty miles an hour. Exactly. The number's never going to be low. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it should be on distance, not on, on vehicles. Right. But, and uh, then the know.
2: other one is um, inquire whether for your for your issue from Castle Marina. Uh-huh. Why can't we, as the Queen Anne's County Commissioners, declare a state of emergency? which would allow us, and I think I'm right on this, it would allow us to use law enforcement to close those uh, off-ramps to emergency and local traffic only if a state of emergency is declared. That's something the lawyers got to look at and tell you. But I'm saying, yeah. we need to find out, because yeah. if we could do that, I'm off, I'll vote. You can yeah. call me any time of the day, just say, do you want to do it? And I'm, I'm all in, because it's ridiculous. I think our emergency- Because have-
0: we can close uh, the next one, the next three, we could actually close you know the shopping center that's ours you know so don't let them you know have access to that and then the one with the gas station the minute they get to the gas station do we can close it there so those we know those are ours and so we could close those it's just that castle marina is the one right yeah they know.
2: get them in the roundabout and yep, then it's all exactly. breaks loose you're right, right. Yeah. so I
0: mean it's just gonna be and the other thing is the red X's nothing drives people crazy. <laughs> t- I mean really I mean it's the most frustrating thing uh, there is and I hear it everywhere don't give me started is why the hell aren't the police out there giving tickets. And they are. you know the M D T A says they are, but the problem is they're never there when there's backups. Right. And when they're backups they need you to just to sit right at the X with their flashing light on and let that car come down and say, go ahead, I'll be your Huckleberry. Yeah. You know what I
2: mean? And they won't. And I just, you pull, Start pulling them over. Yeah, Did you see them in that lane past yeah. the first red so, X? They're, they're you know, done, all over.
6: Because you know what's gonna happen? There's gonna be a very tired, pissed off guy, oh, yeah? and, and he's gonna slide over and deliberately block that car, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna have a problem. Yeah. You're gonna have a fight, you're gonna yeah, have, I, I mean, Red X oh, I get, means I, move over into the green lane. Phil,
2: I I'm going to tell you the truth. I will get in that center now. If if I see him coming up and I read it, I will hug right line and I'll make sure they can't get by. I mean, it's ridiculous. It you is see, ridiculous. You can it's see ridiculous. it a mile and a half but away. But these are
0: simple things that they can do, and you know the public would appreciate that. You know, if they got to stand in line, okay, I, I'll stand in line, but I'm not going to let that guy, New York tags or whomever. Roll Virginia, down that, all them guys you see yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah. no, that's. The, I mean, that's Virginia. the biggest problem we have. Is it's it's it's, it's the other. Yeah, yeah. Jersey, Jersey DC Jersey, is LLZ. a big one. Yep. uh You know, you see them on Route 18, and and they they just jam up everything, and it's 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 a problem that's getting worse yep. by the day.
10: So, Jack, to your point about the uh, the trucks, you're saying there's more going west, west, west. Oh, yeah. and it's because of Middletown. Right.
2: Sure. Oh, yeah. No, we know why, and it's yeah. No, yeah. no there's no, no
10: tolls. So, so maybe, will you?
2: Are, we suggest- can
10: actually get those numbers. Are you we- suggesting we- that we do a toll both ways? That's meaning, not
6: at not our bridge, double the toll at the bridge. Yeah, going west and east. Yeah, you would have to pay a toll. People would I'm on this that-, way. that was even brought up. Well, it's electronic
0: now. So before right. they it's didn't easy. want to do it because they had to stop your vehicles. Right now, but it takes. it. Just put a, just put a reader God on the other it, side. But, yeah. a reader on
1: that side.
2: Well, I just think at the end of the day. We're going to have to take more drastic action because it's the problem uh, it's 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 wednesday to sunday monday Thursdays to friday
6: wednesday to no well chris brought it up me
2: and him talked about this probably a year ago whatever it was it's the post-covid hangover where people can work remote now two days a week so what they're doing if they got a place at the beach they're going thursday friday saturday sunday and they're all coming back sunday because they got to be at work monday but they don't have to be at work thursday friday yeah you know what i mean so yeah but don't anyway. believe
0: me it's 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 going to get interesting so all right. And hopefully that you know the legs don't get taken out from underneath of MDTA. Uh, the major concern is you know, the the space due to the NEPA, not only does it tell you where the bridge is gonna go if it's gonna be a bridge or a tunnel, it also tells you how they're gonna fund the project. And we, we need to do everything we humanly can to get protect the funding yeah. for yeah. this project. Yep. So and that's a, that is an eastern shore problem. And we you know we need to keep Eastern Shore counties engaged. Yep. So, with that being said,
6: Uh, make a motion to adjourn. Second.
0: All those in favor? Aye. Aye.